Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Last week, we started our new series called Keeping the Faith. And the reason we're doing this series is because, I don't know about you, but I think it would be good for us to say, I want to be like Paul and be able to reach the end of my life and be able to say what Paul said. What, what, what was it that Paul said, Pastor Nestor? Well, look at what 2 Timothy 2.7 says. He says, I have kept the faith. Now, Paul's at the end of his life, and he can say, I have kept the faith. Now, why is that important? Well, that's important because Jesus warned us that many would walk away from the faith. In fact, look at what Matthew 24, 10 says. This is Jesus speaking. He says, at that time, many will turn away from their faith. We said last week that it, it kind of feels like more than ever, people who once walked with Jesus, people who once believed in Jesus, don't do so anymore. That they've drifted away, that they've walked away from their faith. And the question becomes, how can somebody walk with Jesus no longer do so? Well, we're looking at four scenarios, four reasons. Last week, we talked about culture and faith colliding. The first scenario where people walk away from their faith is when their beliefs and their culture collide. Today, I want to talk to you about the second scenario. And the second scenario is that people drift. They walk away from the Lord when life becomes good, when life is good. Because they get busy and they forget the Lord. You know, I, I was so impressed this morning by the, the activity and the presence of God in this place. Samantha mentioned how we often forget about the Lord. Hey, Liana sang that even when we forget the Lord, He doesn't forget us. And Diana said that we can often forget the Lord and that we should remember the Lord. So I think God is already working in this place. Don't you think so? So let's pray and we'll jump into today's message. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, I pray that by the power of your spirit and the truth of your word, you would transform us this morning. That Lord, as we jump into this topic, into your word, that it would not just be a conversation, that it would just not be a monologue, that it would be life transforming truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, for many people, their coming to Jesus doesn't happen at a peak moment in their life. For most people, coming to Jesus happens when there's pain, when there's need, when there's hardship, and when there's trouble. I remember when my parents came to Jesus. The youngest, the, 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 the most recent image as a child that I have is that of somebody knocking in our front door. And when I opened the door, my dad was so drunk, he fell face first to the ground. 
All I could recall was my parents arguing and then my dad leaving our home. My mom later on told me that it was that day that when they decided that they were done and my dad walked away to never come back, he made it to the corner of our block where somebody spoke to him about Jesus and he received Jesus at that moment, went back home, told my mom about Jesus and she accepted Jesus and Jesus transformed their life. For many people, for most people, that is how our coming to Jesus happens. It's not when life is good, but when life is not good. Now, we don't do bad in doing that. If your life is not good, the best choice you can make is to come to Jesus. Because after all, Jesus said the following. Look at what he said in John 10, 10, right there in your outline. He said the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them what? A rich and satisfying life. When life is not good and we come to Jesus, he receives us. He loves us. He helps us. He heals us. He restores us. He blesses us. And as he does all these things in our life, we begin to see and, and obtain that promise of a rich and satisfying life. Now, I, I don't know if there's any witnesses this morning of how true that verse is. Can anybody say, Matt, Jesus has really come. I mean, I don't got it all together. I still got some needs. We still throw a couple of plates around the house. But let me tell you, from where I am to where I was, Jesus has made a big difference. Amen. When he comes into, when Jesus comes into our life, or better said, when we come to Jesus, he blesses and transforms our life. Some of you you, you, you didn't have nobody to love you. You didn't have nobody to love. But you came to Jesus and he blessed you with the family. He blessed you with friends. He blessed you with a good job. He blessed you with your own house. He healed you. And he does that because he says, I have come that they may have a rich and satisfying life. Now, 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 here, here's where we get into trouble. Because you would think that the proper and natural response to Jesus doing such things would be that we would grow in appreciation and devotion towards Jesus. Right. That we would say, man, he's been so good to me, I can't be unfaithful to him. He's been so good to me, I want to be around him as much as possible. But that's not the case, is it? Because many times when life or circumstances get better, we get busy. In fact, too busy. So busy that God gets left out of the picture. Suddenly we... We're not sick anymore. Suddenly we have a job and money. Suddenly we have somebody to go on a date with. Suddenly don't feel so crummy. Suddenly we don't have debt anymore. And we begin to get busy, too busy, that we forget about God. Now think about that. Think about that. Some people walk away from Jesus. Some people drift away from Jesus because life is good. Because he has been good to them, so good that they get busy. 
Now, somebody once said that if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Why? Why is it that if the devil can't make you bad, he makes you busy? Here's the reason why. Because sin and busyness accomplish the same goal. To distance you from Jesus. To separate you from God. I mean, if you were to to ask around or if you were to answer the question yourself, if you were to ask, what is it that keeps you from daily spending time with Jesus? What is it? What is the reason that you often skip on church? What's the reason why you don't get involved to serve in a team? And nine out of 10 times, the answer is what? I'm too busy. I got too much going on. I'd love to, but I just don't know how I would squeeze that into my schedule. Can we be honest? I, I see your faces like, like, man, pastor's preaching truth today. I, I've told you, if you can't say amen, say ouch. You know what the truth is? Truth is, we have time for what we want to. We find time for what you choose to have. And it's not hard to get busy. It's not hard to get busy. But when life is good, it's even easier to get busy. Now, let me tell you that it's not a sin to be busy. But to be too busy, now that's another story. And most of us, we're not busy. We're too busy. Can can I tell you the two main reasons we get too busy? This is going to hurt a little, but it's going to be liberating. Amen? Here's the two reasons. You can fill this out in your outline. The first reason we get too busy is to feel important. It's a badge of honor to be busy in our culture, right? Hey, how you been? Oh, you know, I I got nothing going on. I wake up at midday, and then I go to sleep at 6 p.m., and... uh, I'm just so, you know, we don't say that. Why? Because even if that's true and we were to say that, we would feel useless. We would feel like people would judge us. So what do we say? Oh, I'm just too busy. You know, kids and this viejo that God gave me or, you know, whatever it is, we get too busy. Busyness, busyness is, is, is sort of how we feel important. If we don't got too much going on, we feel insignificant. We feel without value. We feel without importance. And we believe the lie that the busier you are, the more important you are. And that is not true. But the second reason we get too busy is because we're either running from something or to something. We we, we get busy because we're running from insecurity. We're running from loneliness. We're running from responsibility. We're running from pain. We're running from Jesus. Or we're running to something. We're running to feel accepted. We're running. We stay busy because we're running to want to feel loved. And the truth is that if we slow down, we would have to deal with our ugly reality. Ain't nobody want to deal with their ugly reality. Did you know that busyness is either the cause of your big big problems or has made small problems into a bigger problem? 
Did you know that? That being too busy doesn't bring you a rich and satisfying life, but in fact makes things worse? Think about your marriage. Think about your relationships. When you're too busy, when you're running, when you're going too fast for too long, there's no time for intimacy. There's no time for unhurried, unhurried connections. There's no time today. There's no time to nurture love. There's no time to care for one another. You know, the last month and a half since I was at La Iglesia, my schedule changed. And it got crazy. And Lorena and I were not fighting with each other, but we weren't enjoying each other as much. And uh, on Monday, we had a little, a little issue. And then on Tuesday, we were supposed to go to a Dodger game. And she messaged me and she said, hey, are you going to be okay? Because if you're not, I don't want to go to the Dodger game. I'm just being real with you guys because I, I don't know if you think we, we message each other, text uh, Bible verses all day long, and, you know, I prayed for you. No, no, you, you know, and I said, and I said, yeah, I'm going to be okay. I go, I'm sorry. I go, I just want you to know that it's more me than you. And I told her this. Seriously, I told her this. I said, you know, I've, last week I told you that I feel disconnected and distant from you. And I felt like we haven't done anything about that. Some of you ladies are like, that's what I tell my husband. Well, what God does in you, right? So long story short, we agreed that Friday we're going to clear our schedule and we're going to go on a date, just the two of us. You know what? When When you're not in a hurry, you can actually enjoy each other. You can love it. We, we finished having dinner, and it was like 7.30. We're like, what do we do now? <laughs> well, let's go to Target. Let's go for a walk. You know? We were in bed by 10 o'clock. Like, feels good, right? But when you're, when you're too busy, when you're too busy, you can't connect. You can't love. You can't understand. You can't love each other financially. Some of you, you're in financial trouble, not because you don't make enough money, but because you're too busy. You're too busy to sit down and make a plan. You're too busy to sit down and make a budget. So we, when life gets good, we get too busy. Oh, I, I got to be here this weekend, and then we're going over there that weekend, and then I got this party going on, and then we got that thing going on. And when you let know it, not only does your life get choked out, but Jesus gets left out. So, Pastor, what do we do? What do we do? How do we guard? Because we don't just want to be able to identify those things that can cause us to drift from Jesus, but we want to be able to avoid them, right? We want to be able to say, I don't want to be one of those individuals that wants to walk with Jesus, but doesn't anymore. So how do we guard from drifting away when life gets good and we start to get too busy? How? Well, the answer is simple. The answer is to not forget. The answer is to remember the source and the reason of your good life. That God is the source and the reason. And listen, while there's a lot of things you should forget, God is not one that you should. In fact, the story of the Israelites 
As they were taken out of slavery and God promised them a good life, a better life, a land that flowed with milk and honey. As God promised that, he often told them, do not forget the Lord. Do not forget what I've done. Do not forget where I took you out of. Do not forget how I provided for you. Because when life gets good, it's easy to forget God. Look at, look at what Deuteronomy 6, 10, 12, 11 and 12 says. Look at, look at what it says. And this is God talking to them. He says, when the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, look at this. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of what? Of slavery. You know, when we go from rags to riches, it's easy to forget God. When you go from having nothing to now being blessed, it's easy to forget God. It's easy to forget that it was God who opened the door for your job. It's easy to forget that it was God who gave, who gave you grace before other people. It's easy to forget what it was like before God healed your emotions. It was e it's easy to forget that it was God who blessed your life. So, so the way we guard from drifting away when life gets good and we get too busy is to remember the Lord. To remember the source and the reason. That is why David Set the following in Psalms 103, verse 2. Look at what he says. He says, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he has done for me. Has anybody here received good things from God? James says that every good gift comes from above. Anything that is good in your life, it's not your doing. It's God who gave it to you. Oh, pastor, but I'm the one that went to school. Well, who gave you the brain to be able to go to school? It was God. Well, pastor, it was I who built the, the business. Who gave you life to be able to build the business? Every good gift we have, it's from God. And the way we guard from drifting away when life gets good is to remember the Lord. Now, how do we do that in practical ways? Well, I'm going to give you four practical ways to remember the Lord when life is good and too busy. Are you ready? Come on, elbow somebody next to you and tell them, wake up, wake up. Here's the first one. Here's the first thing we can do. To remember the Lord when life is good and too busy. Here's the first one. Avoid taking credit for things God did for you. Avoid taking credit for the things God did for you. Look at what 1 Corinthians 4, 7. This is a wonderful verse. What do you have that has not been given to you? If God has given you everything, why do you have pride? Why do you act as if he did not give it to you? If I were to ask you, what is the worst sin? someone can commit, what would you say? 
would you say maybe a sexual sin? Maybe greed, injustice, or idolatry? The greatest sin is prideful ingratitude. To be so prideful that you forget to thank God for who he is and what he's done for you. Because prideful ingratitude takes God's credit for themselves. Did you know it was prideful ingratitude that got Satan kicked out of heaven? And it is prideful ingratitude that will keep many people from heaven. Because they refuse to give God the credit that he deserves. See, prideful ingratitude is one of the roots of atheism. Because prideful ingratitude keeps your eyes from God and places them on you. And says, I don't need God because I could do this by myself. I'm good looking. I'm young. I'm smart. I got this, baby. And God says, oh, you think you do? See, the way we remember the Lord is by giving him constant credit for the things he does in our life. Every day, every day, you ought to find something to thank God for. Every day. And if you say, well, it's just one of those horrible days. Well, according to James, you could even thank God for the difficulties in your life. Because they develop your character, they strengthen your faith, and they make you into a better person. You want to remember the Lord? Stop taking the credit that belongs to God. What is it? that you need to recognize today and say, you know what, this is good in my life, not because of me, but because of him. Second, to remember the Lord when life is good and busy, you got to monitor your heart for the Lord. You got to monitor your heart for the Lord. First, you don't take God's credit, but second, you got to monitor your heart. Or another way of saying this, your love for the Lord. Look at what Proverbs 4.23 says. You know this verse. Above all else, what does it say? Guard your heart. Guard what you love. Guard what you give your affection and attention to. Why? For everything you do flows from it. You want to know why you do what you do? Your heart. We do what we love. You want to know what you love? Look at what you do. It is those things that we do that reflect what we love, what we have a heart for. And listen, to to avoid forgetting the Lord, you have to monitor your love for the Lord. You have to constantly ask, is my love for the Lord growing or shrinking? Did you know there are certain things that we do that can grow our love? And there's certain things that we can do that shrink our love. When I go on a date with my lot with my wife, that grows my love for her. When I hold on to unforgiveness towards her, what does that do to my love? It shrinks it. When I spend quality times with my siblings and I just enjoy them, that grows my love for them. If I look at their flaws and their mistakes, what does that do to my love? It shrinks it. So what things could you be doing that are shrinking your love for the Lord? How is your love for God doing? 
you know, you want to know what the three biggest essentials in my life are to nurture my love for the Lord? I'll give them to you for free, okay? Just because you came today. These are mine. You can't steal them from me, but you can borrow them, okay? These are the three things that nurture my love for the Lord. Number one, my personal time with Him. My personal time. Just as I date my wife, I want to spend some alone time with God. But second is corporate worship. Sundays, being here with you guys, worshiping together. Listen, I work here throughout the week. And I often come into this sanctuary and I play music and I sing and I pray. And it doesn't feel as good as when you're here. Because the Bible says that it is beautiful and wonderful when God's people are united. So coming here does something for my love for the Lord. Seeing how we pray for one another, seeing how we can worship, how we can serve one another is good for my heart towards the Lord. But the third thing that's essential for my, for, to nurture my heart for the Lord is to be with godly people outside of church, a.k.a. my life group. It is when I spend time with other godly people that we can be, have God-like thoughts, God-like actions that nourish my heart for the Lord. So how are you doing in those three things? You can't expect to love the Lord if you're only coming on Sundays, and that is once in a while. You're not going to love the Lord that way. You want to know another great way? If you're struggling in your, heart, in your love towards the Lord, you know another great way? You ready for this? Get involved in a team. Serve the Lord somewhere. Remember how good it felt when you first came and there was somebody at the door to welcome you? You know how good it feels to come to church and leave your kids in the room so that you can have... A, I, those of you that have kids in here, God bless you. I don't know why you don't take advantage of the wonderful blessing God gives you to leave your kids in a great environment so that you can have 30, 40 minutes just you and God. But doesn't it feel good when you can leave your kids over there? Doesn't it feel good if you got teenagers to know that there's people like Josh and Samantha that, that are talking to them, praying with them, helping them? Doesn't it feel good to be able to have a great worship team and singers like the ones we do? Well, you could also be a blessing to others. And when you serve, that nourishes your love for the Lord. Amen? Number three. Number three. I'm almost done. To remember the Lord when life is good and busy, keep asking for God's help. When life gets good, it's easy to think, I got this. I'll just buy it. I'll make a phone call. I'll just do it. You remember the Lord when you keep asking God for help. Most of us think God gets annoyed when we ask him for things. God delights in hearing you ask for things. Did you know that over 20 times, just in the New Testament, God tells us to ask him for something? He says, you don't have because you don't ask. And you know why we stop asking? Because as life gets good, we somehow think, well, God doesn't really care about those small things. When something big happens, then I'll ask God. Can I tell you something? Listen to this. There are no big or small requests to God. 
all the requests are the same to him because he is all power. To him, healing you from cancer takes the same amount of power as healing you from a headache. God giving you a job is the same as helping you with a flat tire. There are no small or big requests to God because he's all powerful. The change happens in us. And we say, well, you know, I don't think God cares that my dog gets sick. I'll wait till one of my kids is in the hospital to then pray. No, you keep asking God for help. Prayer, prayer is the best thing to help you to not forget the Lord. Look at what Hebrews 4.16 says. It says, let us go with complete trust to the throne of God. We will receive his loving kindness and have his loving favor to help us when what? Whenever. When? When? Whenever we need it. When was the last time you asked God for something? When was the last time you said, God, I know you've given me the money to buy this, but before I buy it, I'm going to give you the chance to give it to me. God, before, before I, I, I start this and I try to do it on my own, I, I, I'm going to give you a chance to let your favor open a door for me. When was the last time you asked God for something? Can I tell you something so silly? You're going to think it's silly and it's dumb. I haven't even had a chance to tell her any of this. But um, a few weeks back, there, the, the, there was the Devil's Day, Amazon Day, right? <laughs> I say it's the Devil's Day because we end up buying things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people that are. But anyways, on, on Amazon Day, on Prime Day, um, I saw, I happened to go on there, and I saw one of those robot vacuums. And I'm a techie guy. I love technology, you know? And, and, and it was on sale. It was on sale, like from six, almost 600 bucks. It was on sale for 300 bucks. And you're going to forgive me, okay? You're going to forgive me. You're going to be like, oh, pastor, you do that? Yes, I do that. God is still working in me. So I said, I'm going to order it, play around with it, and then I'll just ship it back. You know, I just, I just, just, just to see what it's like to have one of those robot machines, you know? So I got it, Lorena saw it, and uh, you know, I set it up, man, it's awesome, it's awesome. When you got little kids that are always throwing crumbs, when you got kids that are always leaving, it's awesome that you just press a button, and that thing takes care, and it cleans so good, you know? So, so Lorena and I, we both started to like it, you know, we're like, but we don't have 300 bucks to spend on a, on a robot machine. You know, we already got a robot machine. It's called Nestor, right? He's the one that plugs it and vacuums, you know? So we were going to return it. And as I was, when I was thinking about this message, I said, you know what? I can't ask them to do something that I don't do. And I said, Lord, I really would like to keep that vacuum. Could you do something? You know what? I had a, a gift card next to my um, nightstand. And on Friday, I went and I was going to throw it away. And I said, you know, before I throw it away, let me check that I don't have a balance on it. When I checked, you know what the amount on the gift card was? Exactly $300. 
Now, let me tell you something. You got to know something about me. That was not a mistake. I will not leave a $300 gift card just lying around. So we don't have because we don't ask. When was the last time you said, Lord, would you help me with this? Lord, would you do this in my life? Lord, God loves it when we ask because when we ask, it nourishes our relationship with the Lord. If you're not praying, you got to pray. Hey, did you know we have prayer Saturdays? The, the first and third Saturday of every month at 8 o'clock. And I know you guys say, that's the only day I can wake up late. Well, if there's ever a reason to wake up early, it's God. Think about his goodness. Come, pray with us, and then afterwards we can go have breakfast. Does that sound good? Okay, nobody said amen, but... I guess it's just you, me, Martha, and the pillar pastor, Steve, but, but it's cool. We're going to keep praying. Number four, let me, let me wrap it up. Let me wrap it up. Number four. I, I almost contemplated not putting this because I, I, I'm not the type of pastor to, to use fear to draw people to Jesus. I think there's a time and place for that. And I almost contemplated not putting this one. But I want you to know that I put it out of true love for you. And the fourth reason, the fourth way to remember the Lord when life is good and busy is to consider the consequences. To consider the consequences of forgetting the Lord. Look at what Deuteronomy 8.19 says. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, and you may be saying, but I don't worship other gods. Well, if we looked at how much time you spend on Netflix, would that say otherwise? If we looked at how much you spend on Starbucks as opposed to how much you give to the Lord, would that say otherwise? If we look at how much time you spend on social media, could somebody think that maybe that's a God to you? If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, listen to this. I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Listen to me, church. Is it possible to have a good life without the Lord? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay? There are plenty of people that are not walking with the Lord that have a good life. But listen to me. Listen to me. Here's the, co- here's the difference. It doesn't last. It doesn't last. I've seen it. It doesn't last. Because only the good things grounded in Jesus last. So you may have some friends that have nothing to do with Jesus and they got a good life. It won't last. Is it possible to be in a relationship with Jesus and have a difficult life? Yes, but it doesn't last. Because his goodness eventually catches up to us. Listen to me. When we forget the Lord, we will surely, God said, you will surely experience destruction. And you're going to experience it in two levels. Number one, in eternity, we often forget that when we walk away from the Lord, we are walking away from eternal life. But number two, 
We're going to experience destruction in our spiritual life. We're going to experience destruction in our marriage. We're going to experience destruction in our emotional life. We're going to experience destruction in our dreams. Because as I read at the beginning, the enemy only comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And if you're not walking with Jesus, you're walking with the devil. I'm sorry to say it so bluntly. And you may be saying, but I don't intentionally do it. Well, that's the thing about the devil, that he's not a gentleman like Jesus. He, he, he's like that one friend that you don't ever want to take anywhere, but he tags along all the time. That's him. And the only way he doesn't want to be around you is if Jesus is around you. Because Jesus will keep him away. Listen, some of you, some of you, 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 you are not only destroying your spiritual life, but you're destroying your kid's spiritual life. And, and, and one day you're going to say, how come my kids don't want anything to do with the Lord? How come my kids are making such poor choices? And it's going to be hard to look back and say, well, was I constantly walking with the Lord? Or was my back and forth the reason that maybe they don't want nothing to do with the Lord now. Let me tell you, the best chances for your family to be united are with Jesus. The best chances for you to be a healthy, good person are with Jesus. The best financial blessings that last are with Jesus. So if you're ever tempted to walk away, or you find yourself drifting away, young people, listen to me, you have to consider the outcome. And if you say, but you know what? I don't believe the Bible. On this one occasion, I'll give you a pass, and I'll let you look at something else that eventually will point you back to the Bible. Look at your family members who walked away from Jesus. Look at the people around you that have walked away from Jesus. And I know you'll say, yeah, but I'm going to be the exception. Every single one has said that, right? Haven't we said that? Oh, I'm not going to do that. You even told your mom you weren't going to do that. Oh, mom, when I grow up, I'm not going to be like you. Right? Consider the consequences. Jesus came that we may have life and have a rich and satisfying life. You know what often keeps us from the life? This is it. And if you don't take anything else, please take this. You know what keeps us from the rich and satisfying life that Jesus wants for us? For many of us, it's the current life we're living. It's too busy. It's far from him. And the life you want and the life God wants to give you is out of your reach because you want to keep holding on to the way you live now. To not walk away from the Lord when life gets good and too busy is to always remember Him. Let's pray. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. 
From today on, I will follow you. Transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.